Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Sometimes the remake is better than the original. Sorry for you Bruce Coburn fans out there, but I'm going to go with Stephen Page, the Bare Naked Ladies, all day. Stephen Page turning 52 today. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Brendan is at the 630 Chet Studios. I'm out of the south side of Edmonton, the humble Stoffer abode. And welcome to Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex, by our lease network, your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Coming up on today's show, in a grand total of two minutes, Edmonton Oilers head coach, three-year contract extension announced yesterday, uh, flew to Ontario to be at a family event. Jay Woodcroft will be joining us today at 1210. We will hear uh, some comments coming up from Edmonton Oilers General Manager Ken Holland today at 1235. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey at 105. John Shannon, our NHL insider at 135. Brian Lawton will join us on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. He's uh, working on something as we speak. We will tell you that you can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. Saddle up for some great country at the River Curry with Tanya Tucker. That'll take place July 14th and Gordon Lightfoot on October the 27th. A little bit of country folk. Get your tickets now at the RiverCurryResort.com. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to AshleyFineFloors.com for more information. We're on Twitter at Oilers now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Tweet Brendan Escott at Brendan Two E's Escott with two T's. Our top story for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payment, no interest for your. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Jay Woodcroft officially announced yesterday at 11 o'clock, three-year contract extension as the head coach for the Edmonton Oilers taking off the interim tag. It was the worst-kept secret in hockey, and why not? After Woodcroft went 26-9-3, Brendan, feel free to contact our guest if you would like to. Um, Anyways, uh, for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating and cooling you need, get it, no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. The Oilers were a different team under Dave Woodcroft, and for that matter, Dave Manson, and that's the other part of our top story. No official announcement at this time on the Oilers' assistance. I would be stunned if Dave Manson was not part of the Oilers' coaching staff. He's going to be a big part of the future. Ken Holland who's got better than a 600 winning percentage as general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, talked about, you know, building a proper development process. That doesn't just happen with the players. It also happens with the coaches. And so when I mention Manson, I'm tagging into the fact that you've got Darnell Nurse still developing as a D-man. Uh, Evan Bouchard, I think Philip Roberg will be here next year. And the Oilers have got other prospects like Marcus Niemelainen and Dmitry Samarukov, as well as Vincent Deharnay, who led the American Hockey League in plus-minus. Critical for Edmonton not just to develop players, but develop coaches. And I'll throw you a little nugget. Even develop some managers. We head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Our orders now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock W I L H A U K today. 
Jay Woodcroft. Hello, Jay. How are you? I'm doing good, Bob. How are you today? Good. I'm going to take you back to your decision at the conclusion of the 2017-18 season. And that was a tough time for a lot of people in the hockey world after what happened in Humboldt. And uh, the staff that you were a part of with uh, Jim Johnson and Ian Herbers, Dustin Schwartz and Todd McClellan, there were going to be some changes. And Pete Shirelli uh, offered you the opportunity to go to Bakersfield to become the head coach of the Condors. Could you have envisioned a few years later that you'd be in the National Hockey League coming off a 724 winning percentage in the second half of a season, signing a three-year extension to be Edmonton Oilers head coach? Is that how it all gets sort of mapped out for a guy, Jay? Uh, I don't know if it, it was mapped out exactly like that, but um, certainly, um, you know, I, I made the decision to um, go to Bakersfield and, and take on that challenge with the idea of one day uh, working my way towards being ready to be an NHL head coach. And at that time, I thought, um, you know, I had a lot of box boxes ticked on my resume, on my personal resume. But the one question I needed to answer for everybody was, could he run his own bench? And I'm thankful that I got to work with a lot of really, really good people in Bakersfield and a lot of, most importantly, a lot of really, really good players uh, who came together and, and accomplished some good stuff down there. And, um you know, I used that time to refine um, what I felt was most important about a belief system for a coach. I was able to tinker with some um, tactics, uh, some practice uh, habits and themes, and eventually I just wanted to work my way into a position that if I was one day given an opportunity, I wanted to make sure that I was going to be ready. All right. Uh, Jay, I am a firm believer in this, that really good organizations – Uh, develop both players and staff internally. And the push comes internally from the same players and from the same staff to get better. What would you say to that? I think you're right. I think uh, it's important to provide um, a line of sight uh, for people uh, in terms of uh, how they can uh, achieve personal success within organizational success. I think um, when you do that and you get that push from inside the organization um, and you um, – the, the – the link between performance and re- rewards is transparent in that way. I think uh, it's healthy for everybody in the organization, and um, that's where you see real growth. So I would agree with you. You know, uh, I had one of the greatest players in the history of the game tell me, you know, look at John Cooper and what they ended up doing in Tampa Bay, and he was in their organization, and he knew they already had superstar player stuff. They already had Stamkos and Hedman, and when he took over from Guy Boucher, he knew the guys on the farm. How do you think knowing the guys on the farm and coaching the likes of Yamamoto and McLeod and uh, Bouchard maybe helped you in your transition, especially given the fact that you'd already coached McDavid, Dreisaitl, R&H, and Nurse? Well, yeah, let's start with the, for John Cooper. I, I had the pleasure of working alongside with him uh, at the World Cup of Hockey in 2016, so I got a front row seat into um, how he operates, and, and I think he's one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League. Obviously, his success in Tampa 
speaks for itself, and uh, he's a good person uh, for me to try and emulate uh, because he's at the top of his craft and a good person. In terms of the advantage of um, being in Bakersfield and see what what was coming from within the organization, I think it allowed me to build relationships um, with some of uh, our important players, important players at the time who were going to work their way up to the NHL. I, I understand uh, their motivation. I understand what buttons to press. I understand um, the parts of their game where they're very strong and some areas of their game that need improvement. Um, so that was an advantage for me uh, because I'd already built those relationships. And like you said, um, my experience as an assistant coach allowed me to build relationships uh, with some of the core that had already been here for a long time. So for me walking in on, on February 11th and walking through the door, it wasn't all brand new. Uh, I had established relationships, um, and the big thing was I wanted uh, our group to know how excited I was to be there, and uh, most importantly, that we were going to put our players first. At this point, nothing is finalized. We're joined by Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, a three-year extension. We do not know the makeup yet of your staff. Uh, earlier uh, this year, you talked about uh, Connor saying that Leon was, quote-unquote, his ride or die. And you said the same of Dave Manson. I have a theory when it comes to guys that coach the defense. They have to have played in the NHL. A head coach does not have to play in the NHL for me. The head coach needs to touch some bases on the way up. But a guy that coaches the defense, I think experience in that position is paramount. Um, you, you referenced Dave being the ride or die. Nothing's completely done yet. Do you envision a scenario in the fall where Dave Manson's not part of the staff? Uh, no, I envisioned him working with me a long, long time. Um, yeah, I, I made that comparison. I think I was asked that question in the playoffs, and I had just heard Connor say that about Leon, and I said, well... It's our YEG. About, uh, I feel the same way about Dave. Um, Dave and I um, met during our interview process uh, for the coaching staff in Bakersfield. He wasn't somebody who was in my orbit or who was my friend uh, at that time, um, but somebody who I've, I've grown very tight with. Um, most importantly, I think he's an unbelievable coach, uh, somebody who you said touched the bases. He's touched the bases in the WHL and the American Hockey League, and he's, he's navigating his way through the beginning of his NHL career as a coach. Um, he's someone that is unafraid to challenge. Um, I joke around that he's, he's my left tackle because he's, takes care of my blind side and puts out a lot of fires. I think he's a top coach and, and someone that I want to work with uh, uh, for a very long time. We're joined right now by Jay Woodcroft. Jay, um, you came in and you kept the, the, the scope narrow, the focus tight on a day-to-day basis. And I asked you this at the end of the year availability. Just the thought process now that you are going to have a little bit more extended time Obviously, you know, there's going to be development camp uh, and then there's going to be uh, the rookie camp. And then I think we're going off to Penticton. Well, the team is going off to Penticton. We'll see whether or not we do. But, uh, you know, into Penticton for a tournament. Then we get into uh, the main camp. And I brought up the analogy in terms of building up a playbook as the season goes on, because that's what occurs. And I think maybe college football is even a better example than the NFL. Um, 
and you add progression progression in terms of what your team can do could you envision that scenario and is it a completely different situation jay for you given that you you know your starting point is from day one this year instead of jumping right into it and trying to claw this team back in the playoffs like you ultimately did yeah um i think it's going to be a different challenge than the one we faced in in february but one that we're excited about i think uh in your preparation for um 22 23 you want to make sure that you thoroughly review uh 21 22 what went right what didn't go right uh, where we found success, how we battled through some types of adversity, where we can accentuate some good things that we were doing and where we can get better in certain areas. And I think that's a that's an important part of our summertime as a coaching staff. We're going to work hard and we're going to be open to the seeking of answers. Um, heading into next year, I think you are also studying what's going on in the NHL, what's having success uh, what the top teams are doing, and if there's things that you can um, borrow from their types of games that are going to help um, your team based on your own personnel, uh, then then we're open to that. And so I think there's a lot of review, there's a lot of study, there's a lot of discussion, and then ultimately you begin a, uh, to formulate a game plan for the team that's been assembled for you. For me, I think the advantage of being able to start in September is that you get to lay the building blocks or the foundation for your team. Um, we have a belief that, you know, success, you know, and we had some success this year. It's not ultimate success, but we had some success. But we have a belief that success isn't a fixed point. It's an ongoing state of mind. It's a series of habits and commitments. And that is, that's what our mindset's going to be heading into September, and we're looking forward um, to working on those habits and working on those commitments. Jay Woodcroft, whose team went uh, 724 winning percentage or points percentage, that was second in the league, second in goal differential during your tenure in the second half of the year, fifth in goals for, fifth in goals against, four in 5v5 uh, goal share, uh, fourth in the, the NHL. So you know how you, you said you focused on one thing. If you could focus on one thing to improve uh, in terms of the team's play off the top of your head, I, I don't know if it's that easy, If it's, but is, is there something right away you think, you know, we need to do that better? Well, I thought, I thought we made strides in our team defense. Um, I thought we made strides in that area. I, I felt right from my first day that we would score enough um, to win games. Um, but I, I think, you know, we wanted to to focus at that time on our work back to our own end, um, which we saw some results with. Obviously, the defensive numbers came down, as you mentioned there. Um, but I still think as you get, um, as, as the hockey narrows, uh, you want to make sure that you're you're defensively sound and not giving up uh, a ton, so that you allow your offense to do its thing and, and win games for you. I still think there's growth there. I think there's areas or parts of our special teams that can continue to improve, and uh, and then there's just little things we would like to refine. And I think. You know, going back to your previous question, that's what training camps are for. That's when you actually have 
the time to uh, lay those building blocks down and then add layers to that onion uh, as the season progresses. Well, on that note, I think it's important that the coach uh, contributes to, uh, you know, ultimately you're the chef that's got to whip it together as a coach and you need to be picking the ingredients and helping the, the GM out on that. I know I know, you know I feel that way. I'm going to actually t- take you a completely different path. You've got the Edmonton connection. Uh, through your extended family that you're married into, which is always a, a good thing. Maybe just a, a thought, educate the listeners right now, kind of just on the excitement level in the Woodcroft uh, family, the opportunity to be uh, a, a head coach in the NHL, but for your, your wife to be back in town with the kids, and away you go. Yeah, I mean, everybody is very, very excited. Obviously, I've been coming to Edmonton, probably going back 25 years or so when uh, my wife and I were were dating. Um, And uh, she comes from a great family, a proud Edmonton family. Her dad was a firefighter. Her mom was a nurse. And uh, she's got two sisters that are entrenched in in the community. Uh, So for for my wife and daughters, uh, it's coming home. And everybody's looking forward to laying down some roots, getting involved in the community, and uh, continuing to strengthen family relationships. Uh, My kids are just over the moon with uh, being close to grandparents, aunts and uncles, and and for sure their cousins. Jay, uh, we'll try not to bug you too often here over the next couple months, but uh, we'll touch base down the road, okay? Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Yep. 1224 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Jay Woodcroft was our Oilers Now headliner. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Well, you heard Jay Woodcroft say it. Team defense. That's basically one of the areas that they'd like to uh, continue to improve on and put the base in from day one. When we come back, we'll get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing, Edmonton owned and operated. Uh, And then coming out of the 1230 news today, we'll hear some comments from Ken Holland. You're listening to Oilers now. Epstein's mother texts us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Bob, you're 25 minutes into the show, and you haven't said anything about Austin Matthews winning both the Hart and the Lindsay. And Connor McDavid being on the second All-Star team, and Leon Dreisaitl being on neither. Well, you know it's interesting. Uh, Mitch Marner got on the first All-Star team. So did Austin Matthews. They played 39 career playoff games. They have 33 points. McDavid 33 points this year in 16 playoff games, and uh, Dreisaitl 32 points on one leg in 16 playoff games. And the Oilers won two playoff series, which is two more playoff series than the Maple Leafs have won since Austin Matthews was six. Matthews, hey, he had a great year. And he is in the center of the hockey universe. And they'll remind you of that every time you're in Toronto, let me tell you. Was what it was. You know what? I think the playoffs had some guys sort of thinking to themselves after, hmm. Here we go to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com, and here is Brendan Escott. Yeah, Tampa can even the Stanley Cup final with a win on home ice tonight against Colorado. The Avs leading the series 2-1 right now. We've got action just after 6 o'clock tonight on 6.30. Chad Braden Point will not play. Nazem Kadri, he might. Uh, Matthews, yes, winning both the Hart and the Ted Lindsay Awards last night. So the NHL's most valuable player is voted on by the professional 
National Hockey Writers Association and the Players Association. He also made the first all-star team, Connor McDavid, number two, uh, despite leading the league in points. So make of that what you will. Igor Shosturkin, the uh, Vesna winner. Kale McCarr edged Roman Yossi for the Norris, despite having fewer first-place votes. Detroit's Moritz Sider, the Calder Trophy winner for Rookie of the Year. Connor Dewar signed a two-year contract with Minnesota. The former Everett Silvertip played in 35 games as a rookie last season. And the Oil Kings fell 4-3 wow. to Shawinigan in their first action at the Memorial Cup. Tonight, they draw the host St. John Sea Dogs, who are coming off a win in Game 1 of the tournament. I couldn't have been further wrong in that game. I mean, I thought, I watched every game Shawinigan played in that Quebec League playoff, and I tell you this, Charlottetown, they had a real good team, and the Oil Kings did not look good last night. They were outplayed by Shawinigan, and I thought the Oil Kings would outshoot them 40-25. to 25. I was disappointed in Edmonton's performance. Uh, out of the 195 voters, five did not have McDavid on their ballot. Two did not have Matthews in their top five. 95 of the 195 voters of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, 95 of them did not have McDavid in the top two. Um, and only 12 of 195 even gave Leon Dreisettle a vote. Found that to be quite interesting. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Uh, fluid show here. Chance we're going to squeeze in Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack coming up, as well as some comments from Kevin uh, Ken Holland. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.